Tuesday, everybody, and welcome to the David Glenn Show. Hope your afternoon is off to a fantastic start. We have some fun in store for you today, including the National Football League, some leftovers, if you will. Super Bowl MVP Patrick Mahomes is going to Disney World. People I know who don't even like sports all that much have come to understand that if you watch the Super Bowl, at some point, you might not even know it's the MVP. At some point, somebody's gonna say into the camera, I'm going to Disney World. Yes, they get paid for that. Most of the time, yes, they actually go and take family and or friends. I have a question of the day with that in mind. We also have some college basketball to get to. Glancing backward, it was Florida State over UNC in Tallahassee. The Tar Heels ditch gets deeper. Cole Anthony is back. He did have a lot of points last night, but he also shot five for 22 from the field. And the Tar Heels chemistry doesn't look quite right. No embarrassment to lose to the Seminoles in Tallahassee. Did you know they've won 60 of their last 63 games there, the Seminoles? The Tar Heels, remember, get those Duke Blue Devils next. That is in Chapel Hill on Saturday. Roy Williams with the most gargantuan task of his coaching career at the college level, which dates, remember, all the way back to the 1970s when he was an assistant to Dean Smith. The Heels have never had a losing record on the watch of Roy Williams or his time with Coach Smith. He never had a losing record with the Kansas Jayhawks in all those years as their head coach either. Roy Williams Tar Heels have a losing record as they prepare to host Duke on Saturday. They did make some strides last night in some areas, but they were overcome in the second half after leading much of the way. You have questions and comments on that game. The Heels officially do have the worst record in the 15-team Atlantic Coast Conference. Most of my 34 years covering this stuff includes discussing Duke and or Carolina as not only ACC leaders, but national championship contenders. That script has been flipped, obviously, for the Tar Heels, even as the Blue Devils, who are back on the court tonight at Boston College, are number seven in the rankings and still in the mix for a number one NCAA tournament seed. Remember last year at this time, Duke and Carolina were on their way to number one NCAA tournament seed. So is Virginia for that matter. Duke at Boston College looking forward. NC Central got a nice win last night against what had been the best team in the MEAC, Norfolk State. We'll talk with Lavelle Moten, the guy who has led the Eagles to four of the last six MEAC championships. And of course, those automatic bids led him into that NCAA tournament as well. He and his family, a media darling of sorts. Coach Moten will be among our guests tomorrow on college basketball. And also the late, great Kobe Bryant. Lavelle knew him personally. Seth Greenberg is our college basketball guest of the day. The former Virginia Tech head coach, now with ESPN, of course, as a college basketball analyst. He will be in Chapel Hill this weekend as part of the college game day crew with Seth, with uh, Reese Davis, with Jay Billis, with LaFonso Ellis coming to town. Seth Greenberg, second hour. Michael Lee is going to drop by today on, among other things, the NBA trade deadline. Around here, a beloved member of the Charlotte Hornets could be moved 
The Hornets, of course, are way outside the playoff picture as usual. The veteran forward Marvin Williams has value. He is a movable commodity for Michael Jordan's basketball team here in our backyard. Other big names are likely to be traded elsewhere in the NBA. Can the Lakers or the Clippers or the Rockets or the Bucks or the Sixers or whoever else you think is among the NBA title contenders. Can they upgrade by Thursday's deadline? Sellers will include probably your Charlotte Hornets, given their place outside the playoff picture. Michael Lee, senior NBA writer for The Athletic, will drop by in hour number three. Seth Greenberg on College Hoops, hour number two. Great guests tomorrow, including Lavelle Moten on College Hoops. We will do a little National Signing Day for college football tomorrow as well, just a little, since most of that heavy lifting was done in the new early signing period back in November or December. Darren Vaught is the producer of this program. Intern Will is another rising star in the sports broadcasting industry. He represents William Peace University and is indeed the voice of that fine institution on the sports side. Will will be the first voice you hear if you dial 1-800-849-2761. I have a couple questions of the day for you as we also sprinkle in some hockey. The St. Louis Blues won the Stanley Cup last year. Carolina Hurricanes defenseman Joel Edmondson was part of that championship team. He's, of course, still with the Canes. Justin Falk, remember, is now the Blues defenseman, former Canes defenseman, as a part of that trade uh, in the preseason. The Carolina Hurricanes visit the St. Louis Blues tonight. The Canes are kind of dangerously close to their own bubble. They're right on the edge of playoff contention in the Eastern Conference. For the moment, they're actually one point out of the eighth and final playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. Pretty cool part of the trip for Joel Edmondson personally. The Blues, who had their team ring ceremony back in October, so their current team had kind of a big spread, you know, a huge celebration. And whoever was part of last year's team and this year's team, back in October, of course, they got their rings. Well, Joel Edmondson was already with the Carolina Hurricanes at the time, so he didn't get to participate in the fun. Pretty cool stuff. In the pregame tonight, as the Canes visit the St. Louis Blues, the team has arranged for not only Joel Edmondson, now a member of the enemy, to get his Stanley Cup championship ring, the St. Louis Blues have actually paid for his mom and dad, who live in Manitoba, Canada, to fly into St. Louis to be a part of the celebration. So, I mean, these are his buddies, of course, his former teammates. There are going to be a lot of smiles, a lot of handshakes, a lot of uh, celebratory beverages, probably not too close to game time, but a special wrinkle for Joel Edmondson personally as the Canes visit the Blues tonight. Here are my questions of the day that allow for your participation as we join you live in almost 300 North Carolina cities and towns. Both guests are later. More, of course, coming tomorrow. Who's the best college basketball player you have seen so far this season? If you don't watch a lot nationally, I would ask you to defer. But if you're a real college hoops junkie, who is that guy? The reason I ask is that we, even as the center of the college basketball universe, that's what I like to call the great state of North Carolina, we are often in that conversation. You don't have to have a long memory to understand that one year ago, at this time, Duke freshman Zion Williamson, already looking like a star in the NBA, now that he's finally playing after his long injury-related layoff, at this time, Zion was the favorite for National Player of the Year, even as a freshman 
They don't win that often. They didn't ever win for decades, obviously, in the one-and-done era. It does happen from time to time. Anthony Davis of Kentucky did it. Zion did it just last year. Our neighborhood produces players of the year nationally, often. But would you believe that it's only happened one time in more than a decade? And it was Zion last year. I ask who's the best player you've seen because whereas Vernon Carey Jr. of Duke, the freshman center, is the best guy that I watch regularly. 26 points, 17 rebounds as the Blue Devils went up to the Carrier Dome and beat Syracuse this weekend. Vern, big Vern as they call him, has 10 double-doubles. There's no doubt in my mind the guy's going to be on all the All-American teams. When I talk to my friends and colleagues around the country, big Vern does not even make the top five in the National Player of the Year balloting. Now, he's in the mix. He might be six. But he's the best I've seen regularly, but I don't claim to see Pac-12 basketball or, you know, Dayton basketball where a guy named Obi Toppin has the Dayton Flyers in the national top ten. Or Big Ten basketball where a big guy named Luke Garza of Iowa is also in the mix for this prestigious award. I may have a trivia question for you later, allowing for you to grab something out of the David Glenn Show prize closet. It involves celebrating our neighborhood's national players of the year going back over a couple of decades. Easy to remember Zion, harder to remember that more than a decade ago, in the first decade of this century, there were actually four guys from our neighborhood who were the consensus national player of the year. Three of those four were Duke Blue Devils. One was a North Carolina Tar Heel. We're used to that happening. NCAA titles, national players of the year. We'll take you into not quite the way back machine, but a little trivia allowing for you to turn otherwise useless sports trivia information into perhaps a prize from our prize closet. Who is the best college basketball player you have seen so far this season? I mentioned a couple of big guys in other parts of the country. You know, Steve Wojciechowski has a guard at Marquette who fits this description for many. A uh, couple of another Big East player at Seton Hall, a guy at Oregon is, according to some, a serious National Player of the Year candidate. You can chime in on that question of the day. Here's my broader one for anyone who's even a casual sports fan. Since it has become universal, almost, I mean, my mom doesn't even watch sports, but she is used to seeing someone at the Super Bowl look into the camera and say, I'm going to Disney World. What do you think of as the most successful, well-known marketing connection to the whole sports world? I remember a famous basketball player from our neighborhood helping make a popular sports drink even more popular. I remember certain animals that are a part of a beer company's messaging that have become kind of iconic figures as well. Question of the day, what do you think of as the most successful, well-known marketing campaign that has a connection to the sports world? I believe Disney World has put themselves on this short list. I have more of my own answers. We will welcome more of yours right now at 1-800-849-2761. Darren Vaught is the producer of this program. He is back after a day in paradise. Intern Will is the first voice you'll hear. 1-800-849-2761. More on college basketball. The heels from last night. You have questions and comments and complaints. Duke visiting Boston College tonight. Among other games, you have questions, comments, and complaints. Best college hoops player you've seen 
seen so far this season. A little trivia later, maybe some Canes tickets at stake as they take the ice tonight at St. Louis. NBA trade deadline with Michael Lee, some Kobe Bryant celebration as well. What do you think of as the most successful, well-known marketing campaign connection to the sports world? I'm going to Disney World is one of them. More of yours next on The David Glenn Show. If my low and away curve that barely paints the black so frequently that nobody can hit it, you're going to tell me I got to throw change-ups, fastballs, and sliders all the time? Oh, it's too difficult to hit TTG's <laughs> low and away curveball. Wah, 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 wah. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. You're the MVP of Super Bowl 54. Where are you going? Something I've wanted to say my whole life. I'm going to Disney World. <laughs> Can I go with you? Yeah, you everybody. <laughs> Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. A little Patrick Mahomes for you. Super Bowl MVP this year, NFL MVP last year. Matt and Durham wants to be the first in on a question of the day that relates to the NFL. We have a lot of college basketball. Carolina fans mourning another loss at Florida State in that case. Put up a good fight, good effort, led much of the game, but overcome in the second half. Duke is at Boston College tonight. Vernon Carey Jr. is a National Player of the Year candidate, but many don't have him even in the top five of their straw polls at midseason. Can he join an elite group that includes from Duke last year, Zion Williamson from our backyard. Who's the best college hoops player you've seen this season anywhere, assuming you watch a lot of college hoops beyond your own neighborhood. But the Patrick Mahomes audio there from on the field at the end of Super Bowl 54, inspired because I happen to know how that sports marketing promotion got started, my question of the day. What do you think of as the most successful, well-known marketing campaign connected to the sports world. I'm going to Disney World is about as universally known and understood and appreciated as anything that I know among my friends who don't even watch a lot of sports. It has become that iconic. How long has it been around? Probably longer than you think. Phil Simms was the first Super Bowl MVP, former New York Giants quarterback, who looked into the camera after winning that award and said, I'm going to Disney World. Believe it or not, it was 1987. How did it come about as an idea? I'll tell you in a minute as we welcome your calls. Do the guys have to go? Does the Super Bowl MVP have to go to Disney World as some part of a commercial agreement between the NFL and Disney folks? No, they do not. Do they always go? No, but they usually do. Far more often than not, they end up saying yes. Do they get paid by Disney if they do go? Yes, but it's probably not as much money as you might guess. They get the red carpet treatment for sure. If you want to add what they get beyond the dollars they get, then it's a bigger number. But it doesn't even reach six figures most of the time, just to give you a little bit of a hint along those lines. Question of the day, with that Super Bowl leftover in mind, what do you think of as the most successful well-known marketing campaign ever connected to the sports world. There's a sports drink that I watched take off as a young guy with the help of someone who's famous for his roots in our backyard long, long ago. It's still a popular sports drink. It was somewhat well-known before him, and it became even more well-known thanks to him. There's a soup that I think of. There are at least two different insurance companies that I think of. One 
it's just frozen in my brain. If I look behind the goalposts at college games, some NFL games, there's a name of a certain insurance company. That's good marketing. I can't get it out of my head. There is another insurance company that leaves a similar impression for different reasons. What is, what do you think of as the most successful, well-known marketing campaign ever connected to the sports world? How did I'm going to Disney World happen as we come to Matt in Durham and you, 1-800-849-2761? Keep in mind, that guy is saying this to an average audience of 100 million people. This year's Super Bowl reached that threshold again. You all know this by now. 24 of the 25 most watched American television broadcasts are Super Bowls, 24 out of 25. So if you want a big audience, there is no better place to go than a Super Bowl. This was not the most watched. That was actually Super Bowl 49. Remember when Russell Wilson was near the goal line with the Seahawks and they were about to beat the Patriots and then the interception happened, etc. That was Super Bowl 49. Patriots end up edging the Seahawks. That was the all-time most watched Super Bowl at more than 114 million people, that's an average number. It can peak at higher than that. But that was the highest number ever, 114 million. A lot of these other Super Bowls, at least a dozen, are in the 100 million-plus range. And, and all but, like, the final episode of MASH, a TV comedy when I was a kid, that's the only other show. It's the only non-Super Bowl in the top 25 American TV broadcasts of all time. MASH is now number nine, the final episode of MASH. The other 24 in that top 25 are Super Bowls of all different varieties. It was way back in the 1980s when Disney's CEO, a guy named Michael Eisner, he had a great marketing background as the president and CEO of Paramount Pictures, and then he becomes the chairman and CEO of the Walt Disney Company in the mid-80s. He was known for launching what they ended up calling a Disney renaissance, Now, for me, as a little kid, one set of grandparents lived in my hometown of Philadelphia. We visited them more often. My other grandparents, my dad's mom and dad, lived in Tampa, Florida. We visited them less often. But when we made that drive down I-95 to go see Grandma and Grandpa in Tampa, not too far to the east, of course, from Tampa, Florida, which is on the Gulf Coast, is Orlando, Florida, home of Disney World. So I grew up knowing Disney World, and later in life I came to know it as this just business monstrosity that is truly worldwide. Well, Michael Eisner and his wife are at dinner one night with George Lucas. Yes, that famous George Lucas. And they were having dinner with, among others, Dick Rutan and Gianna Yeager, who became famous as the first team to fly around the world nonstop. And as the group had dinner, a question is directed to the aviation pair. And Michael Eisner asks, now that you've accomplished the pinnacle of your lifetime and career aspirations, what could you possibly do next? This is just polite dinner conversation. And the, the guy responds, I'm going to Disneyland, which of course is California's version of Disney World. So Michael Eisner and his wife are on their way home later that night. And the wife, always a good woman behind a successful man, the wife says to the husband, you know, that I'm going to Disneyland answer that he blurted out as a famous aviation superhero, that was kind of cool. Like, I didn't know what he was going to say. And, of course, he knows that you're the CEO of Disney, and maybe he was trying to be nice. But, like, that has a really nice ring to it. 
And Michael Eisner says, why, yes, it does. Disney's marketing department, after that dinner, after that conversation, after wife whispers to husband and husband agrees, they begin working on a campaign, and they start working with, of course, America's favorite sport. We have other favorite sports. Question of the day today could be, what do you tune into most now that the NFL season is finally over? You know what some people's answer is? The NFL offseason. Like, for me, college basketball is number one on my pecking order now that the NFL regular season is over and the Super Bowl is behind us. For others, it might be the NBA. For others, it's the NHL. Still others are looking forward to golf cranking up or Major League Baseball returning or whatever. You might be curious about a heavyweight boxing match later this month, Deontay Wilder against Tyson Fury. You might be curious about the XFL. You might watch this return of the XFL football that begins this coming weekend. Maybe you're curious about whom Conor McGregor takes on next in the octagon. I mean, those are your options, and some would say the NFL offseason is what they'll be watching most. Well, back in the 80s, Disney knew that football had surpassed baseball and everything else as America's most popular sport. So a husband and wife conversation turns into a marketing campaign. And in the period of a year or two, starting with Super Bowl 21, when Phil Simms of the New York Giants ends up being the Super Bowl MVP, what happened during the postgame celebrations in 1987? Phil Simms looked into the camera and said, I'm going to Disney World. Bill Sims, you've just won the Super Bowl. What are you doing next? I'm going to go to Disney World. That was the first. Mahomes is the most recent, but not the last. Matt is in Durham on, among other things, our question of the day. What do you think of as the most successful, well-known marketing campaign ever connected to the sports world? I'm going to Disney World has to be on the short list, but I think Matt has some other good ones. Matt, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Others can follow by dialing 1-800-849-2761. Duke, Carolina State, and other college basketball NFL leftovers, including what another member of the Kansas City Chiefs did to celebrate their Super Bowl title. In his case, it involves not Disney World, but dogs. You're going to love this story. You're going to love Matt and Durham as well. Welcome to the show. Thanks, David. I, um, three immediately came to mind, and when we talk about you know most successful, I looked at longevity, staying power, and then while it might sound ironic, it's so powerfully ingrained in our minds that you almost don't even think you're being exposed to a marketing right. Market. So the first was, I guess it was Bill Parcells, but the Gatorade bath. For sure. Like, that's product placement at its finest. Then probably the original naming rights to a venue – Wrigley Field. Yeah, right. That goes way back. You know, I mean, that people can't even think of the Cubs playing anywhere else of other course. than Wrigley Field from the Wrigley, you know, chewing gum company. Well done. And then name me another sport where the actual league, the series, week in and week out, is named after the sponsor, which is actually the name of the season-ending trophy, and that was the longtime nascar winston cup series you know i don't know if you have a marketing background but there's a brilliance to matt's answers today because think about it if you can be advertised to without thinking that you are being advertised to there's something special about that now we're all we all have enough common sense to know that when patrick mahomes looks into the camera and says i'm going to disney world for the record by the way i mentioned it was not seven figures they can get seventy five thousand dollars for not only saying that, but, you know, being the, being the, uh, 
the master of the parade and going to actually physically being there in Orlando and going to Disney World. You get an amazing suite. You get the red carpet treatment. But we know we're being advertised, too, and yet it's a little bit in more of an innocent way. The guy just won the MVP. He's going to blurt it out. We know what's coming. But it just sort of blends in to the rest of the festivities with the confetti falling and the rest of that. When you, in the old days, are Winston, and you're the name of the Winston Cup, and you're the name of the Winston Series, and every NASCAR fan, with our state, of course, being the longtime home of NASCAR, keeps saying your name as if it is the name of the sport almost, that's good marketing. Gatorade is an interesting one because not only did Michael Jordan help take it to the next level, for those who don't know, Florida, the University of Florida, had trainers and scientists who came up with what they later called Gatorade. Get it? The Florida Gators, Gatorade. And it was just this thing that they used for Florida athletes. Well, they found that they were onto something, and they made it a bigger deal. And I grew up in the 70s and 80s, and by the 80s, Gatorade was well-known. And I don't remember the first time I saw Gatorade poured on a coach, but it probably was the 1980s. By 1991, a guy named Michael Jordan helped make, take it to the next level. And when I thought of the question of the day, what do you think of as the most successful, well-known marketing campaign that is connected to the sports world? Yes, I thought Super Bowl MVP, I'm going to Disney World. But yes, I thought Gatorade, not just for the dumping of the sports drink. Nowadays, it could be like five different sports drinks that got dumped on Andy Reid. You know, we won our bet thanks to our team manager, fraternity brother of the Chiefs, who told us that it was going to be orange. Just kidding. That's a joke from last week. But whereas Gatorade was already well-known, I don't know if 1991 would be on your radar, Darren Vaught. You represent the 20-somethings and 30-somethings in our neighborhood. As we go to Keisha and Durham, 1991 Gatorade, Michael Jordan, is your knowledge of NBA history or Michael's career good enough to know why that was sort of the perfect storm? MJ, remember, helped Dean Smith to his first NCAA title in 1983. Sam Perkins, James Worthy, Jimmy Black, Matt Doherty, the Tar Heels of 19, excuse me, 1982, Jimmy V and the Cardiac Pack were 83, of course. It took a while for Michael to reach truly iconic status. It took a while for Michael to reach NBA championship status. He didn't get that. Remember all those Pistons teams that would beat him up? You don't remember. You weren't even born yet. But representing the 20 and 30-somethings, <laughs> you probably know those stories. Yeah. What perfect timing. Michael Jordan is this superhero-type figure who flies through the air, who as a freshman, remember, hit the shot to beat Georgetown, helping Dean Smith, the legendary Hall of Fame Tar Heel coach, to his first NCAA title. Then he does leave early, infamously not the number one overall pick, got beat up by the Pistons, didn't have enough help in those early years with the Chicago Bulls. But by the 1990s, what was he about to do? And by the summer of 1991, what had he already started to do? Win NBA titles. Right. Right? Got three later in the 90s, three earlier in the 90s. So Michael already is working with Nike, already is working with Gatorade. But in the summer of 1991, now Michael's a first-time NBA champion. And now Gatorade, popular but seeking next-level iconic status, as Disney was with the Super Bowl MVP, I'm going to Disney World. 
what happened in August of 1991. Can you hear a jingle? Can you hear a phrase? Would you even know the phrase? August of 1991, almost a decade into his NBA career, already an international business icon because of Nike and other things. That commercial came out. Didn't put Gatorade on the map. I mean, just like we all knew Disney World was in Orlando before Phil Simms first blurted out, I'm going to Disney World as that Super Bowl MVP in 1987. Next level, I'd argue yes. For both that example and this example, Michael Jordan's Be Like Mike Gatorade campaign, man. It's like you can still hear it in your head. It's, it's more than 30 years, almost 30 years later at this point. Keisha's in Durham and next on the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Hey, BG. Uh, first time, long time. Good to have you with us. And um, keeping with Mikey, I was saying that just do it. Even if you see that, that motto without the Nike swoosh, you still uh, associate that with all types of sports. No doubt about it. I, I'm not going to ask you how old you are, Keisha, but do you remember a time where we didn't have like 10 different sports shoe companies to choose from? Because Nike was nothing. And then Nike not only knocked the door, knocked on the door of that industry, Nike ended up taking over that industry with Just Do It and Michael Jordan and a lot of other athletes. Absolutely, Nike is one of the answers to the question of the day. Believe it or not, there are shoe company names that were among the dominant presences in the sports world back in the 1980s that most Americans here in 2020 would not even have an idea that those shoe companies even existed. I mean, some are still around, right? But there are a handful that you'd roll your eyes at me if I even named the, the company. Uh, maybe you're not old enough to remember that, but everybody can remember Just Do It, and everybody knows Nike nowadays. Phil Knight, Nike, and the connection to the sports world, that's on the short list of the greatest sports marketing campaigns as well. 1-800-849-2761. It's got to be the shoes, or it's the soup or it's the sports drink, or it's the insurance companies, or it's the cigarette company. 1-800-849-2761. What do you think of as the most successful, well-known marketing connection to the sports world? 1-800-849-2761. College basketball with Seth Greenberg in about 60 minutes. More on the Tar Heels' loss to Florida State last night, Duke's trip to B.C. tonight, and, of course, the Devils and the Heels get together and play each other on Saturday in Chapel Hill. The Canes are in St. Louis to take on the Blues. The NBA trade deadline is this Thursday. Michael Lee, senior NBA writer for The Athletic, will be our guest third hour, Seth Greenberg, second hour. More of your calls on the other side. While Patrick Mahomes went to Disney World, another member of the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs celebrated in a different way. His story involves helping dogs. More on that with more of your answers to our question of the day. What do you think of as that most successful, most well-known marketing campaign ever connected to the sports world? I'm going to Disney World, too. And we're back after this on the David Glenn Show. Ruffin McNeil, welcome back. I know we'll always be a huge part of you and your family. You know, this will be my last coaching stop. After this, yeah, maybe join you on a radio show or Amen. do some of that. Yeah. We'll, but, be, we'll uh, be doing some remote shows from your boat in the middle of the Caribbean somewhere <laughs> if I have my way. You're listening to The David Glenn Show.
Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. College basketball is on our mind. The NBA, some NHL, some NFL leftovers. With the season now over in America's most popular sport, what will you care about most in the sports world over the next few months? For me, it's college basketball one. If you ask me for a silver and bronze medalist, it's going to be some combination of the NBA, not as much the Hornets, but the NBA is at large. I love the NHL. I know that varies depending on which part of North Carolina you may be listening from today. I love golf, but the Masters is still a couple months away. I love baseball, but that's not quite here yet. I do follow the NFL postseason, and for me, it is fascinating and a reflection of the superpower of the NFL that many of you would answer, I follow the NFL's free agency, the NFL draft, other non-games, even more than I follow actual games or actual golf events, actual tennis major majors, whatever, actual boxing or MMA matches, 1-800-849-2761. You can chime in on that if you like. It's a question for all of us in one way or another who follow sports and love it, as most do who host or listen to sports radio shows. Gary is in Wilson. Chris is in Greensboro on our I'm going to Disney World question of the day. You heard... From Darren Vaught's archives, Phil Simms become the first Super Bowl MVP, 1987, New York Giants, to look into the camera after the big game and say, I'm going to Disney World. Almost all of us saw Patrick Mahomes become the 2020 version of exactly that. And like most of his predecessors, he not only said it, he actually did go. He it did actually make a nice five-figure five figure financial payment. He brought family and friends. He was the master of the parade in Orlando. What is, in today's question of the day, or one of them, what do you think of as the most successful, most well-known marketing campaign connected to the sports world? Nike, Gatorade, Disney World, Winston Cup, Wrigley Field, among the answers so far. You can be next at 1-800-849-2761 after one thing I promised as we come to Chris in Greensboro, Gary and Wilson, and you. Mahomes celebrated in style with his MVP trophy. I just wanted to pass along another of my favorite celebrations. Derek Nottie is a defensive tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs. Previously, he was a star player for the Florida State Seminoles of the ACC. How did he celebrate? Well, in a much different way, in a lower-profile way, continuing a theme he had, had started earlier in his career with the Chiefs. He decided to turn his big day and his big trophy into helping dogs. There is a Kansas City animal shelter with whom Derek Nottie of the Chiefs has been working for some time. He called them up after the Chiefs' 31-20 victory over the 49ers on Sunday, and he said, I will pay the adoption fees for any dog who was in your shelter as of this Sunday, and I will do so for as long as it takes for every one of those dogs to be adopted. In case you were wondering, as I was the routine adoption fee at what is called the Kansas City Pet Project is about $150. A lot of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. A lot of Americans don't have an extra $150 even if they want to turn man and woman's best friend into the household pet. 91 dogs is the current estimate. They expect to get the full 150 adopted this week. A spokesperson said for the KC Pet Project said that 20 dogs 
in addition to the original number, had been adopted as early as yesterday afternoon, whereas the typical average workday for this clinic includes 10 adopted dogs. The number at least tripled yesterday, and obviously when the number is up in the 150 range, it is expected to continue in that vein. Uh, he, he tweeted recently, all adoptable dogs have been sponsored by Derek Nottie, and that means you two can go home, probably a long, a long way from Kansas City. If you go out there, just remember, it's Kansas City, Missouri. If you do go, even a Sharpie is not going to correct that. Not Kansas City, Kansas, Kansas City, Missouri. If you want to take one for the team and bring a, bring a dog home to your family through the Kansas City Pet Project, make sure you go to the right state. Chris in Greensboro, you're next on the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Hey, David. First-time caller, long-time listener. Good to have you with uh, us. How are your wheels turning? What do you got for the most successful, well-known marketing campaign that you've ever seen connected to the sports world? Well, I have two of these in my house, two of these collector items, uh, two boxes of Wheaties. One was Michael Jordan when he won his first championship in 91, and one with Tiger Woods when he won the Masters in 97. Do you ever eat the Wheaties? Or the, obviously, yeah, oh no, the Wheaties, the Wheaties are still in there. <laughs> you, you know, I wondered that. I mean, collectors aren't going to be eating their Wheaties. But do you buy two boxes and like eat one, or are you just truly in in for the uh, the memorabilia aspect of it? Just the memorabilia. That's a good one. I mean, seriously, I don't know. In your generation, Darren, Wheaties and sports still strong? Yeah, yeah, but but everybody knows there are far superior tasting cereals. Of course. So if you're going to get a box of, of Wheaties with a special picture of an athlete on it, no, you can just opt for, like, some Captain Crunch or something else for your second box. I would the think. you're actually going to eat. I'm impressed that it's still that strong because, remember, I, I grew up in a much different world than you did. It was not as hard for Wheaties to have a central place in a much less fractured sports universe, a much less fractured entertainment universe, a much, you know, several channels instead of thousands of channels, no internet, no YouTube, no smartphones. So when somebody would do something great in the sports world, back when I was a kid, you would expect not all of them, but many of them to end up on a Wheaties box. And if you lived in a certain part of the country and your favorite team broke through for the championship, if it was big enough, they would actually do a national campaign. If you were, say, an American Olympic superhero, you were going to be on a Wheaties box and they were going to sell that nationally. Well, it became so popular that they would do regional versions of it so that even if most of the world did not care that, you know, my Philadelphia Phillies won the World Series in 1980 when I was a little kid, the, re the Delaware Valley, as it's called up there, you know, three-state area that has a lot of Phillies fans, they cared, and I don't even remember which Philly it was, but that's just one example. They would find the local superstar, or I guess whoever would be willing to negotiate the best price, to be on the Wheaties box, good for the athlete and his or her brand, good for the team, good for Wheaties. I think that's another great answer to the question of the day. What do you think of as the most successful, well-known marketing campaign ever connected to the sports world? My hat is off to Derek Nottie even more than it is off to Patrick Mahomes, but he is now all, and always will be a part of the I'm going to Disney World phenomenon. 1-800-849-2761. Do you think of a soup, Darren, as I do? Yeah, do you, there's one that comes to mind and one 
athlete in particular that's associated Only one, with huh? those. Yeah, just the one. I mean, I know others. Are you thinking of a modern-day NFL running back? Because I think no. of an old-school, undersized power forward from the NBA who's now a broadcaster. Okay, interesting. I'm thinking of one of the greatest pass rushers in NFL history. Hmm. Soup. Yeah. Have, have you seen this year's <laughs> young star running back soup commercials? Yeah. Okay, I'm not, I'm not no, delusional. You're, no, you're not. I'm just thinking of, of uh, the, you're the going old, old school. school campaign. How about there, this? You know? If you just, in your mind's eye, picture a field goal going through the uprights, or I guess it could be an extra point, there's netting behind, you know, to catch the ball so it doesn't hurt some poor old lady who's looking the other way get clocks, gets clocked across the forehead with the football. No, the, the net catches the ball. Do you think anything in particular when you think of that net? Is it just a net or is there the name of, oh, I don't know, an insurance company emblazoned in your brain across that net? The name and the oh-so-appropriate appro- logo for that brand Correct. is right there. I think that's a successful sports marketing campaign. Yeah. If we can't shake it out of our head, whether we want to or not, I think that's a success. 1-800-849-2761. More of your phone calls on the other side. Seth Greenberg, the former head Hokie, now with ESPN, is going to join us in about 45 minutes to talk college hoops. Michael Lee on the NBA. The trade deadline is merely two days away, and some pretty big names could be on the market. A lot of contenders are seeking an upgrade between now and the playoffs, as is usually the case. More of your phone calls on the questions of the day. Great guests later. We're glad you're with us on the David Glenn Show. Davo Sweeney, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Yeah, How man. are you, man? Good to see you. It's great to How see you. you. I saw that you took your family to Italy. It was unbelievable to go to Rome and to stand at the Coliseum that was built in 80, 80. <laughs> Eight zero. The original Death Valley, you know, literally. This is the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. We have very knowledgeable listeners. Just from our neighborhood, Russell Wilson, not long ago, was on the front of a Wheaties box. Kyrie Irving, former Duke star. Russell, of course, former Wolfpack star. Recently on the front of a Wheaties box. That's Steph Curry guy from Davidson through the Golden State Warriors. Own Wheaties box. You know who's been on the most Wheaties boxes ever? Another of North Carolina's own. You can't make this stuff up. In fact, his name has come up in three different contexts today. Talk about an international business conglomerate. The question of the day, if you're just joining us, what do you think of as the most successful, well-known marketing campaigns connected to the sports world? It came up because Patrick Mahomes not only said, I'm going to Disney World, he actually went to Disney World. And yes, most NFL MVPs or Super Bowl MVPs, rather, do that. A guy from our neighborhood was part of promotions that catapulted three different sports marketing campaigns to the next level. More of your answers to our question of the day. And who in college basketball beyond Duke from our neighborhood has the best shot at the big dance with about a month or so left in the regular season? Seth Greenberg in 30 minutes. More of your calls next. Throwback Justice League. You know, Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, Aquaman. If there was a combine event where you had to talk to marine life, Aquaman is your guy. Zay Jones is dominating the three-cone drill. Aquaman is dominating the talk-to-porpoises drill. This is the David Glenn Show. 